0: Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Good morning, New Covenant Church. Thank you for joining us online as we gather together to worship and listen to his word. Proverbs 321-26 through says, Dear friend, guard clear thinking and common sense with your life. Don't for a minute lose sight of them. They'll keep your soul alive and well. They'll keep you fit and attractive. You'll travel safely. You'll neither tire nor trip. You'll take afternoon naps without a worry. You'll enjoy a good night's sleep. No need to panic over alarms or surprises or predictions that doomsday's just around the corner because God will be right here with you. He'll keep you safe and sound. You're going to hear my praises roar, up from the ashes, hope will arise, death is defeated, the king is alive. My praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is the to you the Lord Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and.
1: Good morning, church. We're so glad that you joined us for worship this morning. Before we get into the message, I just have a few things that I'd like to share with you. First of all, we have a new Connect card that's been... uh, Uploaded to our sermons page. On that, you can submit prayer requests, provide a response to the message, and request a contact along with much, much more. So we encourage you to fill one of those out this morning. If you would like to worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings this morning, you can do that on our webpage as well by clicking on the giving link. You can do that by clicking on the donate page or donate button and uh, do that Through our online PayPal link, or you can also uh, get the mailing address and mail in a check uh, that way. I also want to give you an update on the ministry impact that NCC has been having over the past few weeks. Last week's message had almost a thousand views. Our children's Shine and Spark messages each reached over 400, and our daily words of encouragement have ranged between 200 and almost 2,000 views. The reason that I'm sharing this with you is that we want you to know that ministry is still happening. We actually believe that God is allowing churches, not only NCC, but all across the country and the world, to have a broader reach and impact during this time than when we were physically meeting together. I know we're all being challenged in many different ways, but I want to encourage you to continue to reach out to your friends, to your neighbors and to the rest of the body of Christ with the good news and hope of the gospel. Reach out any way that you can text phone call video chats, I love the term that I heard this week, that we're not social distancing, we're physically distancing. We still want to be in contact with our brothers and sisters in Christ, with our friends and neighbors, socially. Stay in touch with them any way that you can, with your brothers and sisters in Christ and everyone else in your life during this time. I believe our witness is going to see new believers added to the family of Christ every single day. Before Pastor Daryl comes and shares the word with you this morning, I also want to encourage each of you to start a watch party. And you can do that right now with this message, like the post and the other ministry posts that are being shared on our Facebook page each and every day. Uh, share them, comment on them. And each of these engagements is going to invite other people, your friends, your neighbors, to encounter the word of God, the gospel, the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ that's being proclaimed right now and every single day. We're continuing to pray that we'll, we will be able to gather together again in person soon. We hope to see you soon and we long to see you soon. Here's Pastor Darrell with this morning's message.
2: We've been in a series called A Red Letter Day. A Red Letter Day is that day of special significance or opportunity that we usually mark on our calendar. But there was a Red Letter Day of eternal significance that took place 2,000 years ago. And we still get to live in that life-changing benefit. History's Red Letter Day was that Friday on a hill called Calvary when Jesus died on the cross for us. More happened on that cross than we ever imagined we've been taught that jesus took our sin there and the blood of christ redeemed cleansed and reconciled us to god and that god's own love is displayed on the cross of jesus last week we learned that the devil was double crossed at the cross and he was disarmed and defeated this morning i want to try to answer a question we're especially confronted with right now where we are in our world. The question I keep hearing, where is God in all of this COVID-19 pandemic? Where's God? Is God punishing this world? Has God deserted us? Has He forsaken us? I believe our best answer comes from the cross that red-letter day 2,000 years ago. While Jesus hung on the cross, Mark chapter 15, 29 through 34 says this, Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha, you who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. And when the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken. Did God forsake Jesus while he was dying on the cross? I've heard it preached that way. In fact, I've preached it that way. And theologians have grappled with those words for centuries. There's no doubt that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. But verse 19 of that same chapter in Corinthians, right above it, it says this, God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Could God be in Christ and yet turn away from Christ? Forsaking His Son... Jesus himself said just a few hours earlier in John 16:32 he said in day indeed the hour is coming yes and now has come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone but then he says this and yet i am not alone because the father is with me well what can these words mean I think there's two ways of looking at it you see first of all i don't think most of us recognize that jesus was making a direct quote of psalms 22 verse 1 psalms 22 1 says this my god my god why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning i think there's two th- two ways of looking at this at least two things that i think can be seen here First of all, his words could have been a rebuke to those who mocked him. Let me show you what I mean. Those who were gathered around mocking him said, you said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. But I want you to note in verse 31 who else was there. The leading priests and teachers of religious law, the New Living Translation calls them. They were mocking Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let them this Messiah, this king of Israel, come down from the cross. Now listen to this. So we can see it and believe. So we can see it and believe him. In other words, do something so that we will believe. And then Jesus cries out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I find it interesting that Jesus is quoting Scripture to those who would know Scripture. But He only quoted the first part of the verse. Well, they were leaders and teachers of the Scripture. They should have gotten it. They should have known Psalms 22. Let me show you what I mean. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Most of you old enough to know that. The younger ones won't know it. But maybe this. You're in good hands with, yeah, Allstate. Ace is the place. I know, you know the rest of it, right? For the helpful hardware man. Now, I'm not saying that, that you, you probably would not consider yourself a leader and a teacher of Scripture, but if I say to you, for God so loved the world, most of you could probably quote it and you could even tell me the Scripture reference that it's John 3, 16. I didn't have to say anything else but just, for God so loved the world, and we could finish it because we knew the Scripture. What if Jesus was saying what He said, in order for those who were rebuking him and standing there sneering at him would have recognized what he was doing. Let me show you from the Scripture. Here's what they should have known. Psalms 22, verse 7 and 8 says this, All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord, let Him rescue Him, let Him deliver Him, since He delights in Him. You realize that was happening right then. Verses 16 through 18 of Psalms 22 says, For dogs have surrounded me, the congregation of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierce my hands and my feet, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Psalms 22. And it was happening right then. The leaders and the teachers should have known. These words should have shut their mouths. They should have seen it and known it and believed. But they didn't. How many people have heard the truth of the cross all of their lives? How Jesus died for the sin of the world. They should have seen it and believed, but they don't. Jesus died and people still don't believe. You see, I know one thing. God had not forsaken Jesus on the cross. Man had forsaken Him. Isaiah 53.3 says, He is despised. And rejected of men. Right then. God was in Christ saying to mankind. I'm not forsaking you. I'm right here taking your sin. Taking your death. So that you might live. This is how much I love you. I'll die for you. That's how much I want you. His words words could have been a rebuke the mockers, they should have known. But also I see that his words, maybe Jesus wasn't saying it as a rebuke, but as a demonstration of his own trust. When Jesus shouted out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He might have been thinking of Psalm 22 for himself. Right then, Jesus was feeling the weight and the deepest darkness of man's sin. He had become something he had never experienced before. He who had never sinned never knew the darkness, the blackness of fear and shame, and the whole weight of the world's sin was now being poured out on him. And The prophet Isaiah foretold it. He said, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I can't imagine What Jesus, the agony that Jesus must have experienced when He became sin for us. And right in the middle of the mocking and the hatred of men, while He felt the pain and the agony and the abandonment due to sin, maybe He reminded Himself what Psalm 22 said. Verse 3, 4, and 5 says this, "...but you are holy." Enthroned in the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. If you drop down just to verses 9 and 10, in Psalm 22 it says this, But you are He who took me out of the womb. You made me trust you. While I was on my mother's breast, I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Can you hear Jesus reminding himself in the darkness of everything he was going through who the Father was? In verse 21 of Psalm 22 ends, You have answered me. And then verses 22, it starts, it says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who feared the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify Him. And fear Him, all you offspring of Israel. Now look at verse 24. For He has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has He hidden His face from Him. But when He cried to Him, He heard. And I love the faith, the assurance of verses 27 and 28 of Psalm 22. I can almost hear Jesus reminding Himself, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and He rules over the nations. You know, if Jesus felt abandoned, it only shows the depth to which He experienced our sin. He entered into it fully. And for a moment, perhaps He, for a moment in in eternity, perhaps the Son knew what it was like to not see the Father through this darkness. And unseen though he may have been at the moment to Jesus, the Father was still there in the same measure he had always been. We can't know, we can't imagine the agony of bearing the weight of the sin of mankind. And yet it was after all of this, Jesus offers the greatest demonstration of trust in the history of the world. In Luke twenty three forty six, it says this, And when he had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I didn't realize it, but into your hands I commit my spirit was a quote of Psalm 31, 5. Jesus is still quoting Scripture. Father... Into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Jesus did what Adam and Eve could not do living in a paradise. But on that cross, bearing the sin of the world, Jesus trusted the Father. He committed himself to the Father's care. And through the death he died He died once for all. I I love this because most of the time when I say once for all, I'm thinking of once for all time. But all of a sudden I see that Jesus died once for all mankind. Once for all. Isaiah 53, 5 says, "...but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities." And the chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. I know we can feel abandoned by God at times when our world grows dark. The unknown may frighten us, but it doesn't mean He's left us. Only that we can't see Him through the darkness of our own doubts and fears the resounding truth that comes from the cross is that God is always there, never turning His face away from those who are His. You are loved with an everlasting love. Romans 8, Paul, I think, catches a glimpse. Out of the message translation, it says this, So what do you think? With God on our side like this, God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing Himself to the worst by sending His own Son, is there anything else He wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? I'm going to be honest, we don't know how long this virus will last. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, how things will be. But this one thing I know, thanks to Jesus, God is with me. He's for me. I can trust Him. And so can you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, thank You that You don't leave us to our fears, to our darkness, or even to our doubts. Jesus is the light, not only of the world, but He's the light of my life. Today, I proclaim that I trust You. I don't have to know how things are going to be, because I know how things are. You are faithful. I trust You. In Jesus' name, that means because of what He's done and what He's purchased for me, I can ask You with boldness, deliver us, Lord, from our fears and our doubts. And our frustrations. For you are with us. You will keep us. You will care for us. We give you praise. Thank you Lord. I trust you. In Jesus name. Amen. Let me just ask you. Do you really trust Jesus? I know we can look at the news and all the things. And we have all this information. But let me tell you something. There was something that was done for us 2,000 years ago, that is literally our hope and our safety. I pray that you will give your heart over to the Lord Jesus and just say yes to Him. Trust Him. Thank you for listening to this week's message.